0: In this video, you will learn when is it safe to open up to someone. Hi, I'm Antje Boyd, founder and creator of the Magnetize Your Man method. And look, if you're new to my channel, don't forget to comment, like, and subscribe so you get notified for more juicy videos coming your way. But today, I have a special dating and relationship expert, Renée Slansky, with me here. And we are going to take this topic apart. And go under the hood and tell you exactly when to open up and when not. So welcome,
1: Renee. Hi, welcome. Thank you for having me on my channel. I'm really excited to be here and to share this with you and to talk to your audience as well.
0: I am so excited to have you, Renee. So let's talk about a little bit. I know you just got married. So tell us a little bit about your journey so that the women get to know you a little bit better and also understand how you actually knew. When to open up?
1: Yeah, so I never ever planned on becoming a dating and relationship coach. You know, I wanted to be a famous ice skater when I was a little girl or an actress. Never ice skated in my life. I don't know where that came from. Um, I arrived at this point because basically I spent ten years doing the wrong thing, ten years dating the wrong men, um, doing the wrong thing. Constantly find myself hunting down love, chasing, working out why. No one was committed to me. I had low self-esteem. I was, you know, a model for 13 years actually in a TV presenter and everyone would always say to me, oh, don't worry, you'll find your guy or, you know, a girl like you won't be single for long and I'm like, then why am I single for a decade? It just doesn't make sense. And all these men that I were dating were then marrying the women after me, Mm. Uh, which is always a little bit of a, uh, okay, what's going on here moment. Um, And basically, I arrived at a point where I started writing a blog, just purely out of passion. I had always been a hopeless romantic, always fascinated by love. And I was dating somebody at the time who had children or had one child to another person. And this was in the time where it was still a little bit taboo talking about modern relationships, online dating and dating apps had kind of just started to take off. And I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to talk about how to navigate love in the world today and what not to do, because I definitely knew what not to do. And from my blog that ended up um, turning into the number one dating relationship blog in Australia, I ended up writing for some of the biggest publications and uh, apps and websites around the world. I've been translated into four different languages. Um, I've presented on stages. I've been invited to do TEDx. you know, it just started to grow and grow and then eventually it got me to a point where people wanted me to coach and I just took it to that next level of coaching. But I guess for me, my, my pivot point of taking my own brokenness and my own struggle and turning it into my purpose and being able to then lead women to do the same in their own love life was that epiphany moment where I realised that, hang on a second, I'm the common denominator in my life. And the change that I want has to start with me. And that's when I, I literally got help. And that's why, you know, as a dating coach, either, I know you, you probably know, like you get so hungry to help people because you realize how beneficial it is if you want to get that breakthrough. I got help. I cracked down on just basically transforming myself, learning how to be whole and, and happy as a single woman. And literally four months later, after my breakthrough, I met my husband And even on that day that I met my husband, which was on a Valentine's Day photo shoot, funny enough, very romantic. (laughs) Um, We had this moment where we had to step in, hold hands and lock eyes with each other. And it was in that moment that I knew that that was that was my my man I'd even been on a date the night before right um with a guy and I was like no and I even told the guy that night I don't want to see you you're not my type like I I became so clear on what I wanted um anyway and I turned to the cameraman that day and said I'm going to marry that man and here I am married to that man (laughs) so that's my story in a nutshell
0: oh my gosh what a great story right and you would like not expect it you're just like okay it's just another job and yes it's Valentine's Day but you know what are the likelihoods right that like when I do that photo shoot that that's the man so he was like a model
1: too or like an he did he dabbled in it I think it was his first job here in Australia okay Uh, he's actually a uh, a pilot a helicopter pilot and he kind of came to Australia and was like oh I need to find something else and it was the first male model that this tv company had ever hired because we never used male models and They just happened to hire my future husband, which is quite hilarious Um, because we literally got engaged nine months after meeting on that shoot. So that's, and you know, when when you know, you know, and they don't just, we don't have cliches like that for a reason, whether it's negative cliches or positive cliches, they are there because it is something that is common. And I believe that there is wisdom behind it.
0: And I love your story, Renee, because it also goes to show that, you know, he was a helicopter pilot. So when women always say, well, how am I supposed to meet him? And what if he's like in a different industry? And Mm. literally think like, oh, I should be a model. I think that's a good idea, you know, because my wife is in that industry. So literally will start moving towards you or, you know, other people will actually like bring favor towards him, bring him into your environment.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, it's normal to feel that we're limited by our circumstances if we've always had a negative experience with love, Uh, especially nowadays in COVID times, in restrictions. I get a lot of people asking me, okay, you know, how do you meet someone in a time like this where maybe you're not comfortable on dating apps or you've had bad experiences on dating sites or you just somebody who wants to meet somebody in real life. Mm-hmm. And you would know, I mean, as a coach that it really does start with your mindset and what your convictions are. And if your convictions are that you're never going to meet anyone in real life, guess what? You probably won't meet somebody in real life, or he'll be passing there in front of you, but you won't be able to recognize him because you'll be so closed off in your little tunnel of no, 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 I'm not going to meet someone like this. I have to wait until confinement's over and this and that. So You know, dating um, and the process of dating and meeting someone and falling in love with someone should be something that naturally flows because you're coming from a place of abundance and you're coming from a conviction that is healthy, that is based on realistic expectations, that has love education behind it, and then that then begins to set you up for, you know, the conversation that we'll be talking about, which is when to open up to someone and at what stages. It's just that we don't learn this stuff as a child or as a teenager, hence why we go out there, we start trying to date and we're just like, oh, I suck at this, you know, and why isn't it working? And, but we keep doing it and doing it without actually getting to the core root of why we struggle.
0: Absolutely. So let's actually talk about this because I get this question, I don't know about you, but I actually get this question quite a bit that women always like, so do do I open up on the first date or the third date or how do I know that I can trust him? So what do you, what do you see with the women that come to you and what would you what would be sort of the first advice that you would mm. start telling women or what to start paying attention to
1: So first thing first is that vulnerability is important if you want to communicate authenticity mm-hmm. and build trust and those are two things that you should want to have in a relationship you want to know that you can be yourself and have that person like you for who you are And obviously, trust is an important foundation if you want to build something solid and improve communication and intimacy. And when I say intimacy, I don't mean sex. I mean actual emotional connection. Right. Now, it's something that obviously needs to happen in stages. And what we tend to do is we either lock ourselves off to any sort of vulnerable moments and because we're scared to get hurt and so we put ourselves in the white tower where we basically go, no, 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 he needs to, um, you know, I need to know him for six months before I tell anything about myself and we come off as closed or we come off as someone that isn't interested in it. and then men take that as oh, she's not wanting to date me and she's not interested in me and then he tends to pull back and then we're like, hang on, hang on a second, no, I do want to date you. And then we do the flip side where we give too much, we reveal too much too soon without knowing that person and whether or not that person is able to handle that information at such a big rate. Um, I personally believe that sharing vulnerabilities about yourself has a lot to do with boundaries um, and can be discerned if you know where certain boundaries should be put in place. For example, if you go on the first date, you're not going to sit there and tell your life story. where well, you shouldn't be telling your life story if it's revealing certain things about you that actually need to be earned over time because it's something that is quite intimate about you. For example, trauma. Say if you've had childhood trauma, going on the first date and talking about childhood trauma does two things. I'm just using this as an example. Talking about any sort of trauma on a first date um, can really put that person who you're dating in a place where maybe they feel they have to counsel you, so they already feel like they need to parent you. Or maybe they feel really uncomfortable or it triggers them, which then brings up their trauma. And then what you have is a trauma bond where you meet wound to wound instead of heart to heart. And then they share their trauma story. You share your trauma story and you think we're meant to be, we're meant to connect because we've both gone through this pain together. I think it's okay to have gone through something that you both can relate to. However, it shouldn't be the bonding reason why you actually continue that relationship. The healing after the trauma should be the bonding reason, not the actual trauma themselves. Mm. And I see a lot of women going out there going, yeah, well, he's gone through a hard time. And so I can help him because I've gone through a hard time. And then she turns into the rescuer or he turns into the rescuer and it becomes a really unhealthy relationship. Now, the other thing that can obviously happen is you just totally turn that person off and then you feel, well, I just revealed all this stuff about me and now he doesn't want to hear from me anymore and then you shut yourself away again. Mm -hmm. So you can understand why it's something that needs to happen in stages um, where you're learning about the other person's character in order to understand how much can they handle about you and at what time. And, and, you know, let's go a little bit into that
0: because that women understand more why a man would be shut off. So that what, what actually happens mm. on the male side mm. that, you know, that it's not like, oh, she's annoying or anything
1: like that. Like what actually
0: happens to his nervous system, and to his emotions?
1: So men, for starters, uh, speak like 13,000 less words than us. So therefore, they process uh, less words than us and their way of processing emotions in their brain is actually quite different to how we process emotions in our brain. For example, when a female goes through puberty, there's a certain part of our brain that actually takes emotions and turns it into words. There is a little, uh, I guess, a little track, you want to call it, or a little path that develops in your brain that makes it happen automatically. Hence why women are great at talking about how we feel. Okay, we're happy to have a gaggle to our girlfriends about how we feel. Men don't do the same. And the reason why, it's not because they're doing it on purpose. It's literally because that same growth pattern doesn't exist for them. Mm -hmm. It doesn't happen. Men literally have to learn and build that path within their brain themselves to know how to actually take feelings and verbalize them. And even when they do verbalize them, it's still 13,000 less words than us on a daily basis. So if you're coming to him with like this uh, spill of everything you're feeling and everything like that, you're basically filling up his little emotional and verbal bucket way too soon before he's had a chance to really get to know you, feel attracted to you, understand what he wants to feel on the second date, third date, and you've put this responsibility in front of him without him even realizing if he wants it. And also, it wasn't his reason why he went on the first date in the first place. <laughs> People don't go on first dates to be to counsel someone or be counseled. They go on a first date because we want to have fun. We want to see if we're attracted. We want to actually, you know, see if I like this person. Do they make me laugh? Do they, is she someone who challenges me in a positive way, not someone who actually comes and just goes bleh? And I've done that. I've so done that in the past. I've even cried to guys on the first date about my exes, you know? So... <laughs> it's something that it's not necessarily him rejecting you because of what you're sharing um, because of your trauma or your your thoughts it's more him responding to the expectation that he had placed on the date and his own natural masculine brain a desire going hang on a second this doesn't add up to what I originally wanted
0: mm-hmm. yeah exactly you know and i i was in the, I was guilty of that too i had actually one male coach that I worked with and he literally just taught me how to have superficial conversation, like just have like light conversations that we're yeah. not talking about massive traumas because yeah, the men were running for the hills. Right. So what is something that a woman, what's sort of like an example of a middle stage, right. Where a woman is like, you know, this is something I could sort of share and say So it, that it shows vulnerability, especially for the women who mm. are masculine driven independent. And they're really like, Hey, allow the men to feel like a man, right? Mm. So what, would be, what would be like a good first step for those men? Yeah.
1: I think, you know, if a conversation flows between a first date, say, for example, you are divorced and the conversation might come up, well, why did your marriage break down? Which I think is pretty normal. You don't need to give them a three-page essay on why your marriage broke down. Um, there are certain things that I would definitely have guidelines around that. For example, don't go and start disrespecting your ex-husband in front of this new date. Um, It's not necessary and it's not really going to make you come across as a woman who uh, knows how to separate the past from the present and the past from men in general. Um, The other thing is, is that you know, you may reveal certain things about it, like, oh, look, we we split because we just ended up outgrowing each other, trying to summarize rather than going to point by point. And then if he starts to go, oh, you know, I'm the same with my ex-wife, we outgrew each other, she didn't support my career, that leads to more natural conversation, see where it goes. The only thing is, is that as it starts to progress, Depending on who you're dating and your own personality type, it can become really easy to get into really deep conversation mm. too soon. Yes. Um, and then we bond, right? That is something that needs to be saved over time. So, what you need to do is if you realize that, hang on a second, this is getting deep too soon because you feel comfortable with each other and you feel like, oh, yeah, like we could just keep talking about this for hours, try and pattern interrupt. And pattern interrupt is basically, Going, oh, would you like another drink? Or I'm just going to go to the toilet, or change in conversation, and that could be something as well. Look, I made a rule that I'm not going to talk about my ex husband tonight. So why don't you tell me more about, um, you know, your profile? You mentioned that you wanted to go to the Bahamas. Like, have you seen the swimming pigs over there? You know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Guard yourself with tidbits about that person or things that you want to know about that person before you go on a date so that you don't find yourself going, oh crap, I'm in this situation. How do I get out of it? It's kind of like, no, okay. I remember that. Okay. That's one of my kind of my lifelines that I can quickly pull into this conversation to get back on track. Mm
0: -hmm. That's so interesting. You were reading my mind because I was thinking about state change because I was feeling when, even like when in the moment a man is not going to notice how heavy it actually feels, but then when he leaves, he'll be like, Oh, I kind of feel like a little down now, like, like I want to yeah. cry, you know, and it's like, okay, yeah. is that the connotation you want to have versus, you know, just like something like, hey, mm-hmm. if you were an animal, what would you be and why? I know people always love when I tell them that, but it works, you know. Just it something does, like that.
1: and, and that's what you want to do. You want to keep the mood lifted. Another good thing to do is look for body language. If you notice that his body language is like kind of retracting he's getting fidgety because you're talking, 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 that is an education that you need to change subject. Mm. for something lighter
0: and how about um what's your approach of like women actually making sure that they stay in their bodies because one philosophy I have when a woman just keeps talking especially if she doesn't even notice that the man is no longer paying attention like what is what can she do to just actually bring herself back into the presence except of course stop talking
1: yeah well I think that the first thing to do is always come back to your senses because your senses are what grounds you in the present so um you know, talking, 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 are you making eye contact or are you looking at him or looking at how he's acting? Instantly having some sort of visual um, sensory pulls you back into the moment right then and there, which will give you direction of how he's responding to what it is that you're saying. Again, if he's eyes are glazed over if he's fidgeting if he's on his phone if he's looking for an escape you've got your answer that you know you've been talking too much and it's time to actually ask him questions and allow him to lead the conversation um touching something also grounds you in the moment as well um but hearing, then just going okay. What sound are you going to hear right now? Um, you know, it can also be something to help bring you back in the the um, present. You know, obviously taste what do I taste in my mouth. But more than anything, when you're in that moment, I think visually looking at him and his response will give you an indication: Have you said too much? Do you need to stop now? And um, is it time to actually listen rather than speak? Mm-hmm. yeah
0: totally what about if it's the other way around so when we talk about vulnerability sometimes it can feel vulnerable it's a man talks too much and we don't want to we don't want to interrupt you don't want to rock the boat but yet that's actually mm-hmm. being vulnerable like what should a woman do then what do you recommend
1: yeah so vulnerability is obviously about giving a safe space for someone to be themselves and to reveal certain parts of themselves mm-hmm. and that involves active listening. And active listening is basically acknowledging what they're saying. For example, if he's saying something, nodding your head, making eye contact, repeating back to him what it is that you've heard to show that you are actively listening, and then asking specific questions. If you're feeling that he's talking, 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 and maybe he's the sort of guy who, for him, he's the one that needs to be rescued, um, or he's someone that just talks about himself all the time because he's just Maybe self self involved. Um, you know that is something that you again will have to look for a way out. If you are on a date, it's not like the man's responsibility to lead you if he's somebody that can't even lead himself. As a woman, you have to be aware of where boundaries need to be put, even if you don't want to put them down. And a boundary obviously needs to be put down if you're with someone that is constantly oversharing and hogging the conversation and basically making it a miserable day. And that might be something as simple as, I hate to interrupt you, but I really need to go to the toilet right now. Okay. Getting up, removing yourself, toilet's always a good excuse because it actually means that your energy can recuperate itself within the toilet. Yes. You can have a few moments to breathe. Um, look, in worst case scenarios, text your girlfriend and say, look, you need to call me in five minutes. I need to get out of this date. If you're feeling uncomfortable, okay, let's not be ashamed to actually call on lifelines if we need to. Um, and then giving yourself a moment to come back. Now, if you come back and he's just like, blah, 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 blah you can be like, You know, um, I appreciate everything that you're telling me, but let's just change it up a bit and keep it lighthearted for the date. Um, Tell me something funny that happened to you this week. You know, as a woman, unfortunately, you may have to lead that conversation. But look, this is an opportunity to really set the standard from the date, from the first date. And then you can at least leave the date knowing, okay, this isn't the guy that I meant to date anymore. You know, and you can leave the date knowing, yep, I stood my ground. I put down that boundary. I did what I could to come across respectful and kind, but at least I'm clear that I don't want to see him again. And if it's really a
0: well-meaning guy, right, who really
1: just, you know, basically leaves
0: his body and just like forgets that there's somebody in front of him, it's actually really powerful for him, right? To be as a reminder, hello, like you're no longer present. You're disassociated. I don't know where you went, right? That's going to be helpful for him. To his healing.
1: I think, you know, this is where grace needs to come in. We are broken people dating more broken people. Um, And, you know, it's important that we don't polarize people Mm -hmm. based on their ability or inability to share their vulnerabilities. However, dating is an assessment process. Um, and if you're dating someone and you realize that every time you go on a date with them, it's just really full on and it does turn into a counseling session or you feel like all you ever talk about is problems and negativity. For me, that's a red flag, Mm -hmm. um, because it's not setting you up for the healthy sort of relationship where you should be sharing fun and excitement, especially in the beginning when you're first starting to get to know someone. Um, you know, it's great to have a guy that talks about his stuff. Yeah. It's like it's great for a woman to do it, but it needs to happen in stages um, and it needs to be done with boundaries um, and it needs to be done when in such a way where it enhances your connection, mm. not takes away from it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. You know, like what you were talking about is like the rapport, right? Like mm. we lo- we lose so much rapport if we don't say anything. Mm. We already lost rapport. Forget about it, right? Mm. And we're also not mm. true to ourselves. So any... Any final words that you have for the women who are like, when should I open up on a date? or Which date should I open up?
1: Um, yeah, like I said, the first date should be more about, uh, I hate the word superficial, but conversation. That's more about based on you know, their goals, uh, their family, their connections, um, things like that, that give you slight indications of their character and intentions. Mm-hmm. Um, as you start to get to know them and see what they're consistent in, when you feel comfortable to talk about certain things, for example, you know, why did your last relationship break up, um, you know, or why your marriage or why your own relationship um, didn't work out, um, step into it and step into it unapologetically, but don't necessarily feel that you have to give the whole version straight away, kind of just do it in snippets, see how they respond assess their reaction or their response to what you've given and then see if it's worth then to reveal more and more. A relationship that is healthy will have a sense of peace about it when you do actually share your vulnerabilities. Um, It will be a safe space to be able to talk about things um, and it shouldn't be something that makes you feel like you want to shut down every time or he shuts down every time you do want to talk about stuff. You need to obviously get to a point where you can be vulnerable with each other because it does enhance intimacy and connection. However, pacing yourself through the process as you get to know them will help you set the boundaries around when to share.
0: Mm, And and pacing is really one of the pillars of the secure attachment. So if you're a little bit more anxious or, you know, avoidant, that's like a little bit of something, that's a little bit of a growth. Edge, right? Speaking of growth edge, if the women want to learn more about how they can grow with you, Renee, like what do you have for them?
1: Yeah, so I have um, basically two guides that I recommend. The first one is um, the nine types of women that make men run. And this might give you an indication of maybe you are too closed off or maybe you're too open. There's nine different types, character types of women that really basically had the opposite effect on having a man want to chase you and commit to you. And the other one is, are you dateable? Because I think we're like, who do I want to date? But we never really ask ourselves, here. Yeah, but am I a dateable person? Um, and that's actually a self-audit that I put together, which has a little quiz to, to ask yourself several questions and you add it all up and you work out, okay, should I actually be dating at this time? Because if you're someone that is constantly finding yourself where you're in this Cycle that's going around and round and round and you're not getting anywhere. Chances are, through the not ready to date, because you're not a dateable woman, it doesn't mean that you're devalued or anything. It's just that you're not set up to be able to bring the best value on a date. So, that's probably the best two guides that I recommend.
0: Awesome. And that, of course, will be also in the comment section as well. But, Renee, thank you so much for being here. I mean, you're newly wed, you're bringing all this new, fresh energy, right? So <laughs> that it's possible, even if you've been single. Like for 10 years, I was single for 10 years too, before I met my husband. Maybe there's something about 10 years. I yeah, know.
1: and then we were like, oh, then we become daddy coaches.
0: <laughs> that is like a really magical number. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Renee. And for the ladies, I will talk to you next time. Take care. Much love. Bye-bye. <laughs>